The book of Proverbs tonight, Proverbs chapter 27 is where we'll begin, and we're going to look at several different verses throughout the book of Proverbs tonight, but we'll start at uh, Proverbs chapter number 27, and I'll remind you that uh, what we're doing on Wednesday nights is we're going through the book of Proverbs and looking at the different characters or uh, the different uh, individuals that uh, God outlines for us. And uh, for example, there's the uh, uh, wise man, the simple man, the fool, and uh, different attributes that, that, that are applied to individuals. And this helps us uh, because it helps us uh, as we deal with other people. It helps us as we deal with ourselves, uh, knowing what we should avoid and being honest with ourselves. Uh, last week I taught on the fool, and the book of Proverbs talks a lot about the fool, and so uh, we'll be on the fool for several, several times, and sometimes we, look, we can look at what the Bible says and says, say, well, that is foolish, or that person is being a fool. And sometimes we need to say that when we're looking in the mirror, uh, because the Bible points some things out that are foolish. And uh, so we want to uh, take note of these things. We want to learn of these things. Uh, as I mentioned from time to time, there are different characters in the Bible, uh, that's in the book of Proverbs, that we want to avoid, and there's some that we want to emulate. Uh, this helps me as a pastor. Who, who am I dealing with? What am I dealing with? Is this a simple person? Is this somebody who just doesn't have the information? Uh, is this a rebel? Is this, it helps you to know who you're dealing with. And as you deal with people in your everyday relationships, this will help you. And then how we're supposed to respond to it. So we're going to look at another one tonight, one that we haven't looked at yet. And I debated, I have 10 statements uh, this evening, 10 facts about this character. And I know some of you are scared of that. Um, when I say that, I debated whether to split this into two uh, Bible studies, and perhaps you're thinking, Pastor, you should have split into 10 Bible studies, but uh, I'm going to get it all in tonight, and I make this promise to you, if I get bogged down, I'll just cut it off, and we'll pick up again uh, in the future, but I am determined to keep moving tonight, and so I want to get to all 10 uh, statements or facts about this character. Look with me in Proverbs 27, verse number 12. Verse number 12 of Proverbs 27, A prudent man foreseeth the evil, and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I want you to notice, a prudent man. Tonight we are going to deal, or dealing with, the prudent. And we want to see what the book of Proverbs says about a prudent man, or a prudent individual, what it means to be prudent, uh, what a prudent man does, and so I think this will be very, very helpful tonight, and so uh, we'll move through it as quickly as possible, but I want you to take note of what the Bible says, and uh, uh, if, we, if we think this way as a prudent man, um, it's going to help us in our life. It's going to save us from some bad mistakes. It's going to save us from foolish mistakes. And often we're going to look at several verses tonight that compare the fool with the prudent man. And so it's a contrast with the fool. And so we're going to look at and we're going to deal with the prudent tonight. Father, help us as we look into your word. Uh, may it uh, instruct us. Uh, may we uh, heed it. May we incorporate it into our life, our thoughts, our actions. And Father, I pray that your people will be helped by what is said this evening. Uh, may we be willing to be honest with ourselves, allow your word to help us. And Father, may our actions uh, as a prudent individual, may uh, they be a help to others. And Father, I pray again that you'd help your people, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, we're going to look at several verses tonight that speak of the prudent man. Uh, in order to fully understand what the Bible is saying about the prudent man, we need to define the word prudent. And there's a, and it's kind of a lengthy definition, but you can grab a hold of some of the words and uh, keep them in your mind when we read the scripture tonight. And you can uh, keep in your mind as you go through and you read through the book of Proverbs from time to time, you'll see these, these verses and you'll think of what a prudent man is. The word prudent means cautious, practically wise, careful of the consequences of actions, cautious not to act when the end is doubtful or impractical. Let me read that again. A prudent man is cautious. He's practically wise. Careful of the consequences of actions. 
cautious not to act when the end is doubtful or impractical. Let me give you a practical saying, a practical definition that'll tie in, at least it does in my mind, this definition. In this situation, this decision, this pathway, uh, this action, from God's viewpoint, or from what this Bible says, is it in my best interest? Is it in my best interest? The easy part of the Christian life, we don't always do it right, but the easy part is this is right, this is wrong. But the challenge for the child of God is when it's right and almost right. Or when it's right or it's unclear. That is when it gets to be challenging in all of our lives. Uh, If it's just blatantly wrong we 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 know we're supposed to stay away from those things but we should approach life we should approach decisions we should approach um, choices circumstances uh, very prudently cautiously is this practically wise is there I gotta think of the consequences we get ourselves in trouble when we don't think down the road We don't think about how this is going to turn out. We can use our, don't we get frustrated at our government? Let's just borrow more money. Well, they're not thinking down the road. Um, Well, let's just, you know, there's there's this decision. You got to think, how is this going to end? That prudent man considers it. Thinks about it. Cautious not to act when the end is doubtful and practical. In my best interest. Um, so with that definition in mind, I've got to jump right into this outline because as I mentioned to you, I have 10 uh, different uh, statements. We're going to look at several verses. I want you to turn back to Proverbs chapter number 12. Proverbs chapter number 12. And then we're going to go through these and uh, end with the, the verse we started with. Proverbs chapter number 12, and we're going to look at verse number 16. Proverbs 12, verse number 16. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. Now let me remind you, he considers the consequences of his actions. That's a prudent man. A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth shame. Statement number one, the prudent man protects himself from his emotions. He protects himself from his emotions. A lot of times we want to protect ourselves from others. Not anything necessarily wrong with that. But we need to protect ourselves from ourselves. The contrast here is a fool whose wrath is presently known. He's going to fly off the handle. He's going to go crazy. He's going he's to, I've got to let people know what I think. I mean, that's what a fool does. Just like the Bible says, a fool uttereth all of his mind. But that prudent man covereth shame. What is he doing? He's protecting himself from his emotions. Your emotions not only will get you in trouble, have got you in trouble, and do get you in trouble. Well, I don't have emotion. Yes, you do. We all have emotions. And a prudent man says, okay, if that makes me angry... What's the outcome of me getting angry? He covereth his shame. We, we talked about this a little bit. We talked about a fool, but have you ever said anything? Wish you could take it back. Man, I really, I mean, I act like a fool. And we're embarrassed by it. A prudent man says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect myself from my emotion." You know, if there's something that gets you all worked up, just let me give you some practical advice. Stay away from it. I don't, and I've said this before. If you do, I'm not saying you're wrong from doing it. I'm just telling you how I'm wired. I, I, don't, I don't watch the news. I don't follow. I don't watch. I don't listen to talk radio. I don't listen to, you know, the, the political spectrum from one end to the other. It's not that I don't care. It's just... I don't like listening to a bunch of babbling idiots. I mean, I guess, I guess that's just a plain way to say it. Um, it works me up if I get too involved in it. Um, 
you know, if, you, if you're that way with sports, and it's like everybody who wears this color is going to hell because they're with this team, and this, you're probably a little, being a little foolish about that. Um, a prudent man says, this is going to make me, this is going to, my emotions are going to get the best of me. Um, and, and I just used anger, but we, we, there's more uh, emotions than anger. And so we've got to be very careful, and the prudent man protects himself from his emotions. Let me just mention a couple of things, and we'll move on. And number two, he understands the volatility of his emotions. He understands the volatility. Well, I have everything. A prudent man is going to protect himself um, from that. He understands it. He controls his emotions so as not to embarrass himself. We've all done it, but a prudent man says, I want to limit it. I, wanna, I want to not embarrass myself. Okay, look at Proverbs chapter number 12 and verse 23. We said, number one, the prudent man protects himself from his emotions. Look at verse number 23. A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. Statement number two is this. The prudent man uses knowledge to teach not to talk. The prudent man uses knowledge to teach not to talk. You know, if somebody's got, if you always got to be the one telling everybody everything you know, we need to be prudent. What was the Bible saying? A prudent man concealeth knowledge. The prudent man uses knowledge to teach, not to talk. Oftentimes, the smartest person in the room is the quietest person in the room. You know, there, there, there's exceptions to that. Um, but it's, it's that idea. He doesn't display what he knows for the sake of display. That's what I'm talking about. He knows what it is. It's like, hey, I, I, I saw this today, and I, this was just, well, I really I learned this and this and that. Well, let me tell you. When I was in school, we studied this and this and this and this and this. And oh, let me tell you about this. You know, the one that's always got a one-up about what they know. Uh, a prudent man uses knowledge to teach and not to talk. It doesn't mean they never talk. Does it, it doesn't mean they never use the knowledge. It doesn't mean they don't ever say it. But they have a purpose when they say it. And what you can tie in with this, too, is... We talk too much with no purpose. And when we talk with no purpose, that's when we gossip. That's when we talk about things we shouldn't talk about. There ought to be a purpose. If I'm going to talk, if I'm going to say something, it's going to be with a purpose. It's going to instruct. That's what a prudent man does. He uses his knowledge to teach, not to talk. Too often we make it about us. We ought to, and we'll get into this in a moment, you ought to want to get knowledge so you can help, not get knowledge so you can be puffed up in what I know. If we're getting knowledge just for our own sake, what good is that? The knowledge should help us and become wisdom, but we should obtain that knowledge. You see this in, 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 in some churches, and in in, 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 in there's really a a movement of this in many respects is like, I'm going to learn the Bible so I can tell you how much of the Bible I know. Well, can I just tell you this? God's more interested in how much of the Bible you're living than how much you're quoting. That's just the reality of it. So we have this knowledge so that I can teach. You ought to study, every, every parent ought to study the Bible. You know why? So you can help instruct, you can instruct your children. You ought to, you are, you, you ought to have your family in a Bible preaching, Bible teaching, Bible believing church. That's instruction. You as an individual, you ought to be learning the Bible for yourself. It helps you, but so that you can teach someone else. I believe it's God's will that everybody teaches somebody else the Bible. You talk to somebody you work with and you start talking about salvation, you're teaching them the Bible. Uh, we learn it. A pretty man uses knowledge to teach, not to talk. Number three, look at me, Proverbs 13, 16. Proverbs 13, 16. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. Every prudent man, this is those who is cautious. He's careful of the consequences of actions. He don't want to act when the, when the end is doubtful or impractical. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge. What does the Bible say? Number three, the prudent man educates himself before making decisions. He educates himself before making decisions. What is he doing? On a practical standpoint, he's reducing his risk. I give you practical examples. Before starting a business, probably should have 
educate yourself in that area of business? I watched a TikTok, and so I'm, 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 I'm starting business tomorrow. Well, you might want to educate yourself a little bit more than that. Just to too many of you know what TikTok is by that reaction. You know, investing. Well, I, my coworker brought this investment opportunity to me. You may want to educate yourself a little bit before you, you know, sell your house. Um, now, it may be what you ought to do, but you ought to educate yourself. Um, man, I'm getting, you know, I'm looking at my bucket list. And, boy, there's some adventurous things. I'm going to go hike the Grand Canyon. When are you going? Next week. You may want to investigate that a little bit before you go do it. What, what is, that's a practical explanation. A prudent man educates himself before making a decision. He deals with knowledge. You know, I, I try, as a pastor, I try to do Okay, if we're going to do this, go get the information. Bring me the information. Then we'll look at it and... This is the direction we should go from a practical standpoint, okay? If I'm making a decision or I'm going to, I'm going to go into an endeavor, an endeavor, I want to look at it and educate myself. Be very, very careful when that end is in doubt. Say, well, I did it once and it worked out. Praise God. How many times would we have destroyed ourselves but the grace of God protected us? But when it comes to tragic circumstances, you only have to be wrong once. And when that, and again, the Bible is not, the prudent man is not somebody who doesn't continue to venture. He educates himself, though, before he does it so that he knows what he's getting into. Number four, um, look at me, Proverbs 14 and verse number eight. Proverbs 14 and verse number 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Now, what this verse does not say is the wisdom of the prudent is to understand everybody else's way. But the prudent, wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. I'll give you number four in just a moment. But there's a statement I like to use from time to time is we have a tendency as people to spend all of our time and energy worrying about and trying to dictate things we have no control over instead of the things that we can control. It ought to be flipped. I should spend all of my time and energy on that which I can control. Um, so number four, the prudent man only concerns himself with his business. He only concerns himself with his business. What, what, what are the, what's everybody else? He concerns himself with his business. You know what takes time and energy to figure out what somebody else is doing? I don't know about you, but I have limited time and limited energy. And I need to spend all of that on my business. You say, well, what is he talking about? His business. It's his personal life. I can't control what, somebody, I can't control what time somebody else gets up, but I control what, what time I get out of bed. Uh, it's, it's, it's dealing with the, 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 my, understanding my way, understanding what I need to, to, to please God, to fulfill the responsibilities that God has given me. It's, it's taking care of my business, my, my routine, my, I'll use the Bible word conversation, not just what we say, but our manner of living. I'm concerned with my walk with the Lord. This is what I need, but this is what we like to do. Is like, did you say so-and-so? Did you hear about so-and-so? Because it's easier to talk about somebody else's way than our own way. And we need to take care of our way. What else is our way? He said, I believe you could apply your own family. Take care of your family. Spend your time and energy on your family. So well, I have leftover time. I, I've met your kids. You don't have leftover time. Your family. Well, I don't think they should have done it. Your family. 
That's what a prudent man does. That's what a cautious man does. You need to be very careful getting in somebody else's business. Now, there's probably 47 things that could happen, and 46 of them are very bad. So you probably want to be cautious getting in somebody else's business, especially at the expense of taking care of our own. It's also his responsibilities. It, so whatever your area of responsibility, you have, you have position where you work. You, that, that a prudent man takes care of his responsibilities more than he's concerned about a co-worker's responsibilities. You know, I, as a pastor, I have, to take, I have to be concerned about my responsibilities. My responsibility as a pastor is to pastor the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I'm not interested. I, I don't have an opinion on what's going on in somebody else's church. It's en- you're enough to keep up with. There's enough people to pray for. There's, a, there's enough people to try and help and be a blessing. That's, it's the prudent man only concerns himself with his business. Now, are we prudent tonight? Are we cautious? Are we, are we taking care of what we need to take care of? That's what a prudent man only concerns himself with his business. Number five. Aren't you proud of me how fast I'm moving? There's a lot more on this paper from here on out. Proverbs 14 and verse 15. Man, the Bible is so good. The book of Proverbs is so helpful, so practical. Verse 15 of Proverbs 14. The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. Number five. The prudent man considers credibility and probability rather than chatter. The prudent man considers credibility and probability rather than, rather, rather than chatter. Chatter is a terminology I like to use. There's always chatter. People are always talking. What's the internet full of? Chatter. What's social media full of? Chatter. And, you know, what, it's chatter. But a prudent man doesn't just listen to the chatter. When he hears, he considers the credibility Improbability. Um, it's different then. It's not about how loud and popular the chatter is. There's a lot of chatter in our society. Well, this is what everybody should be doing. And this is what everybody ought to be going along with. And this is the way it is in 2023. And, and this, is, this is the reality of the day we live in. And, but a prudent man says, I know what everybody's saying. I know what I'm hearing. It used to be called water cooler talk. And so we, I put a water cooler out there so I could keep an eye on that. It used to be called, you know, it's just like, what, what is all of the chatter? But a prudent man, it's not about the, 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 the popularity. It's not about necessarily what it even is. He asks himself how credible. This could come with counsel. This could come with, with, with peer pressure. This can come with just the way, just the reality of, of, of society. Ask him, it could be an accusation, it could be a lot of things. He asked himself, how credible is this and how probable is the information? That's why you got to be careful listening to the news. And I'm not just saying CNN, I'm saying Fox News too. All of them. Because they want to lead you to a certain way of thinking. And my Bible instructs me that there should be nobody that, that controls the way I think except the Spirit of God. Just a practical application. How credible. You know how many hoaxes have been on social media? A good example of this is you take a parent. I want the teenagers to listen to me, the children to listen to me. A parent that God gives a child to that's trying to rear that child the best they can by that book, who have gone to work every day, who put a roof over the head, who make sure they have the things that they sacrifice, they can have what they need, is more credible than some distant fourth cousin who has an opinion, some social media influencer. So, uh, you know, some friend 
You know, some Hollywood actor, the mom and dad have more credibility, and if you're prudent, you'll listen to mom and dad. A prudent man asks himself the question, who is more credible? Who's more credible? I'll tell you who's more credible. The person who puts food on that table is more credible. Who's more credible? The person who puts a roof over the head. It's more credible. Well, they wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. They're still more credible. Matter of fact, that gives them credibility. Let me take it a step further. A pastor. The Bible calls him the shepherd. Who's more credible? The person who studies and prepares and prays and stands in week in and week out? Who who follows this book? Or, or, Or somebody who hadn't darkened the door of a church? Let me give a practical explanation. This might help some some of the young young adults as you move ahead in your life, young couples and all the way up. When I got out of Bible college, everybody I graduated with had an opinion on what you ought to do with in the ministry. But when it came to that period of time in our life, they were just as dumb as I was, and I was just as dumb as they are. Let me tell you who's making it in the ministry today. Those that were at that age who listened to the ones with credibility. And said, no, don't follow this trend. Stay with this. You know what? They had credibility because they had been somewhere for a long period of time. They had fought some battles. They had, they had some fruit in the ministry. They had, they, had, they had something to show for it. And that's credibility. So all of us as a prudent individual, we need to ask who has the credibility. And when it comes to, you know, and people you work with and say, well, I know if you can only imagine how free you could be from the tyranny. How many churches they pastored? How many prayers have they prayed? How many tears have they shed? Well, they're good people. I'm not asking if they're good people. I'm asking, what's their credibility? Show me their spiritual resume. Show me their track record. And to God's glory, I'll show you. Well, if you just follow this, here's a track record. A prudent man considers credibility and probability. Do you know how many New ways to reach people come down the line. Pastor, if we could just have 30 minutes of your time, we could show you how you could reach the city of Jacksonville in in, in, in just a matter of time. I was like, if you'll give me two minutes of your time, turn to Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. Ta-da! Now, I'm going to charge you $59.95 for that secret instead of you pawning it off on me. Where's the credibility? I'm going to park here for just a little, little while. There's, there's, there's all these, you know, these self-proclaimed spiritual giants who want to criticize those of the previous generation. And they have, th- that generation has credibility. You and your YouTube channel have none None. We, we look at the, the flashy lights, if you will, and the shiny objects. You, you can take this in the political world. You can take this in a, in a practical standpoint, a business standpoint. A prudent man says, show me some credibility, then I can see some probability. None of us can tell the future. My mom and dad said, if I do this, then this is going to happen. They can't see the future. Let me help you. You can't either. Well, the pastor said, if, if you do this, 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 this is going to happen. He can't tell the future. No, but I can taste the probabilities. It, it, the prudent man looks at it and looks at credibility. Now, I'm parking here for a while, and the, and the next couple are going to be similar to this because we live in a day 
with technology and all these things where everybody has access to everybody. And we can grab attention. And we give our attention to people who haven't earned it. We give credibility to people who have none. It's like, it's like you know, you, know having, you have your first child say, I want to get some advice. Hopefully you don't go to somebody who's never had a child. What's the... I saw a book the other day, and I'm going to start suggesting it to our young couples getting married. How to have a happy marriage by a 79-year-old bachelor. Never been married. Well, I guess that is the secret of marriage. I don't know. I really didn't see a book like that, but you get the point I'm making. The prudent man considers it. You know, there's one thing everybody's got is an opinion. You don't even have to ask for it. People give it to you. What am, I, what am I supposed to do as a prudent man? Sometimes I, got, sometimes, I, mean, I, sometimes I just have to go and I just have to close my eyes, figuratively speaking, put my fingers in my ears, and just try and get away from all the chatter. And say, what is the credibility? Number one, that book's got credibility that nothing else has. Nothing else has. So a lot of times we, we say, well, I'm just trying to make the best decision. If this goes against that book you're making, you're making a poor decision. But that's my first, this is, this is so helpful, this is my first resource. Man, if I just, I just, I'm just still unclear, okay, the, the information you're getting, where's the credibility? I'm sorry, there are, there, are, there, are, there are people who through the years have come and said, you need, to, you, need to, you need to distance yourself from this person. You need to, they have no credibility. You need to follow this. I don't think they have any credibility. And I'm thankful that I've always been around the older preachers. And now that I've pastored for 10 years, it's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a taxing thing for somebody who's... who's Pastor for 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 years, they got credibility, more credibility than a blogger who's still ticked off because his mommy and daddy made him be in by 10 o'clock. And the average rebel who grew up under Bible and is upset about something, what they really have is mommy and daddy issues. Say, Pastor, I'm going to quote that. Please, it's the truth. It's credibility. Anybody can get our attention. We got to look at credibility. I got to move on. I did say there was 10, weren't there? Number six, Proverbs 14, verse 18. And by the way, to the, to the teens that are here, and I'm preaching to them a little bit, but with all the kids, you know, your mom and dad love you like nobody else loves you. They pray for you like nobody else loves you. They sacrifice for you like nobody else loves you. That's why there's a lot of commands in the Bible about if you rebel against mom and dad, you don't honor mom and dad. There's consequences to that. When God puts an authority in a place and we shun them, there's consequences to that. And a good rule of thumb for all of us is to look at the credibility. Where's this person been? Where are they now? Where, 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 who are the people that have been here with me? And as, as a pastor, I mean, I grow up here and as a pastor, I mean, you know, I'm always siding with, with the church. Uh, because the church has been here. The church, the church, this church has credibility. And the forces of hell can go against it, and the critics can all come out. This, this church has credibility. Uh, who has the credit? The prudent man considers that. Number six. I'm really moving number six now. Proverbs 14, 18. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Number six. The prudent man seeks knowledge and therefore is crowned with wisdom. A fool seeks popularity. A fool, according to the Bible, seeks acceptance. A fool does not consider the end, 
A fool is about the folly, the good time, not thinking about the consequences. That's not what a prudent man is. A prudent man is cautious. He, he's, he's careful about the end. He considers the end. So he is seeking instruction. And by the way, let me, let me help again, teens. I'm going to have to shift y'all right in here so I can have a better angle at you. But young adults, young every, everybody, there are certain things you don't know. And don't get mad when somebody tries to teach you. Okay, mom, okay, mom, okay, dad, okay, dad. And you get defensive because you, you, I guess I'm supposed to know this. No, you're 14, you don't know. And by the way, don't get insulted by that. There's 19-year-old that don't know. Well, now I'm thinking about it, there's, well, anyway. That's where, that's where instruction comes. Before you get married, it's all theory about how to have a happy marriage. Before you have a child, it's all theory. Until you have that marriage ceremony, until you have that child, and now you're taking the instruction and the wisdom from somebody who has been there from the Word of God. And then, you know what? Then you go through the stages. I've I've never had a two-year-old before. I've never had a teenager before. Then it's like, they're all about to be gone. Does it seem as good? Is it as good as it seems to be? Then, then it goes into the, 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 the grandparent and just on and on and on. There's new, there's new stages in life. A prudent man looks at this and says, okay, I, I want to seek the instruction. I want to seek the knowledge and when we get it, when we, because we're, 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 we're being cautious and because we're careful of the consequences, they get that instruction and it becomes wisdom. They become known for their wisdom. It's like a crown. So we say that person is a wise person. How'd they get that way? By being prudent. I want everybody in here right now to think of somebody that you think is wise. Everybody stop thinking about me. Think, think, of, think of somebody that you think is wise. It could be sitting, somebody sitting next to you. It could be just, just anybody you think is, is wise. You got them in your mind? They weren't born that way. There was a day when they were simple. They didn't have the instruction. They didn't have the knowledge. But they sought it. And now you look at them, and that wisdom's like a crown. You say, that's a wise person. I'm going to heed their instruction. That's, that's somebody who I believe has wisdom. How'd they get it? They sought it. And now they have that, if I use that reputation of somebody who has wisdom. And we can talk about this in life, talk about this as a Christian. But, you know, you, you, if, you're, if you're wanting to learn how to be in a certain field of, of business or a trade, you're going to find the person who's wise in that area. They weren't born with all of that knowledge. But they sought it and they learned. They sought it and they learned. They sought it and they learned. And became that, that instruction became wisdom as they incorporated it into their, 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 their line of work, into their trade. And now they've become an expert. So go ask them. That, that's the person for it. They weren't born that way. But they went after instruction and now it's like a crown. Number seven, Proverbs 15, verse five. Proverbs 15, verse five. This is a good one too. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Number seven, the prudent man esteems and respects strong correction. Let me say that again. 
The prudent man esteems and respects strong correction. The contrast we see in verse number 5 is the fool who rejects it. Why would a prudent man esteem and respect strong correction? You know why? Because they're cautious. They're considering the end. And if they're going to go another way and there's a correction, okay, I'm considering the end, but maybe I didn't know. Now I have this instruction. That word reproof is an interesting definition. If you think about 2 Timothy, we're told in the Bible that the Word of God, one of the purposes of it is for reproof. I just don't read the Bible because it reproves me. It's supposed to. Well, that preaching, is there something that was said that I it just... Let me tell you the definition of reproof. It's blame. Reproof says, you. You did it. You're guilty. It's blame. It gets worse. Expressed to the face. One of the purposes of Scripture is to blame you to your face. And we're a kid, it's like, say that to my face. Well, the Holy Spirit does. That's what reproof is. A prudent man doesn't take it personal from the authority that God has placed in his life. This is the authority. That's why, that's why you, ought to, you ought to choose a church. You have it all. You, I was going to say, not just on the personality of the pastor and, and all those good things, and every once in a while God just puts it all together, but the preaching of the Word of God. You all should laugh more at that, you know. Um, why? Because this is our authority. And when we read the Bible, the Spirit of God says, hey, that's you. It's blame to your face. When a preacher stands up and says, thus saith the Lord. Why do you got to make it so pro- I'm not making it personal. It's reproof. That is what it is. It's correction directed to a person. Let me illustrate. Let's just say hypothetically, I'm dad and you are all my sons. It's a nightmare I had two weeks ago that keeps reoccurring. <laughs> and you got four boys, and they do what four boys do, and, and one of them's just misbehaving, and of you four, it's hard to pick one. I'll just, you know, we'll say, we'll say Mike. He's the most likely of this. Now, I don't come in and say, one of you has disobeyed your mother, talked back to your mother. One of you did, did all of this, and now, and just... And get them all. If I know who it is, I'm going to say, you, don't ever do that again. In the premillennial days, it would be, or you'll pick up your teeth. Some of you remember that? You know, don't do it again. If there is an offense that needs to be, you know, a, a criminal breaks the law. It's not just some broad Okay, if there happens to be anybody in the courtroom today who happened to do such and such, the consequences are you have to spend this much time in jail. I hope that gets to whoever. You know, if there's a speed trap, which recently there's been a lot of them in Clay County, I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't know from personal experience. I'm just going to throw that out there, too. (laughs) You know, the lights don't come on and just, okay, everybody, let's let's see who pulls over. Please, if you're a new driver, if the lights come on, don't just assume it's you because they'll get you, too. Um, But anyway, if anybody out here on this road from such and such time, such and such time, what's speeding? Oh, no, it's very personal, isn't it? That judge is looking at that offender and says, you. Mom comes in and says, you. It's very personal. 
Bible speaks of the word of God, blame to the face. If you don't know you're wrong, how do you know to correct yourself? You know, it's, why do we, why do especially this, uh, all children all the way up, especially small children, if they're doing things, you say, no, don't do that. Why? Because if they do it, they can hurt themselves. And you reprove them and you blame them. If there's an offense, something rule, you, it's just personal. That's what the Bible does. That's what the Spirit of God does. That's what the authority does that is being spoken of in verse number 5. That's why if an authority reproves you, don't get upset at that. A prudent man says, whoa, I was, I'm going to hold that in high regard because I might have gone the wrong way. I mean, it is, it is personal. Notice what the Bible, Bible says, but he that regardeth reproof, well, that word regard, regardeth means to esteem and respect. This goes back to the authority, the, the young people, the authority of the parents. That's an authority God's placed in, in life. When God places authority in life and there's reproof, there ought to be some esteem and respect. You know, when my dad says back there, when growing up, you know, when my brothers would frame me. And, you know, it would be just, you know, we nicknamed my dad, and I probably shouldn't say this, we nicknamed him, some of you remember this, we nicknamed him the Tasmanian Devil. Because when he got mad, he couldn't talk. It was, it was just like, okay, here it comes. You know, as a child, when you're dealing with that reproof, you're like, man, he sure likes that an awful lot. He, you know, they just, you know, they just want to, and I'll talk like a, you know, from a viewpoint of a child, they just want to ruin our, just, just, did it have to be that way? But as a parent, especially having girls, I know what it does to your heart. But I know how necessary it is. And a wise person, a prudent person, listens. Why? Because that person's in, in, a, in a place of authority, but they've been down the road. They have some credibility because of authority God's given them. It's that blame expressed to the face. And I'll just say this. If you're in a position of authority, there's a right way to do it. But if God's put you in authority, sometimes you have to reprove. Instead of a little child, if I, don't, if I don't stop them from doing certain things, they could, they could hurt themselves. They could kill themselves because they don't have the knowledge that, 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 that that's not something, that's just, this is the consequence that could happen. But as you get older, you learn, okay, that person's been down the line. They've been there. They've seen what takes place. So a prudent, a cautious man says, okay, I'm going to take that as thank you. It's not fun at the moment. But a prudent man esteems and respects strong correction. We are suffering today because we live in a society where everybody gets their feelings hurt. Let me just put this on a spiritual plane first. I'm just going to go to another church. The pastor just, he, he told me that if I did this, no, 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 it's what the Bible says. Now, I know my mom and dad didn't just want to go along with, it's not my job to go along with everything. Matter of fact, it's the pastor's responsibility, just like it's the parent's responsibility, to be suspicious of everything. That's right, I just don't have peace about it. My kid doesn't have peace about it. That's reason enough. You just don't have peace about it. It's the responsibility to reprove, and a prudent man esteems it. Don't get, don't get, don't get tired of having a pastor that has chosen to pastor. Because one, I'll just say this, I'm more scared of God than I am of you. And I'm going to answer to God. Mom and dad, parent your children. Even when they're teenagers, it's more important for you to be their parent than their buddy. You'll have time for that later. 
They'll like you again one day. But it's important. It's the reproof. Number eight. Oh, I'm past time. Proverbs 16, 21. Hurry, I'm just going to mention these. Those, those were the, the two long ones. I'll just throw these out there and mention them. You can write some things down and we'll be done. Proverbs 16, 21. Are you there yet? The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth knowledge. Number eight, the prudent man is the beneficiary of wisdom. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increases learning. The prudent man is the beneficiary of wisdom. We talked about credibility earlier. The prudent man gets credibility. He's the beneficiary of wisdom. You follow wisdom, your life benefits from that. You get the reputation of wisdom. It's the prudent man is the beneficiary of wisdom. You'll never go wrong listening to the word of God. You'll never go wrong following the word of God. You'll become the, the beneficiary of wisdom. You will benefit from being cautious. You'll benefit from, I don't really, it's fuzzy down there at the end of that road. I need to investigate a little more. I need to get some instruction. It's a little, little, you'll be a beneficiary of that wisdom. Number nine, Proverbs 18, 15. I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. Proverbs 18, 15. The heart of the prudent getteth knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeketh knowledge. Number nine, the prudent man prioritizes knowledge. The prudent man prioritizes knowledge. The Bible says he seeks knowledge. Please don't take this the wrong way. But we have the most ignorant generation in our country we've ever had. You know why? Because they're seeking folly. They're seeking followers on TikTok. They're seeking followers on social media. And what, what is it that gets you popularity? Folly? Silly stuff? Well, pastor, is there anything wrong with that? I'm just telling you, a prudent man seeks knowledge. I want to know more. Say, Pastor, you Sunday morning and Sunday night, and then Wednesday night. Well, if you want to know more Bible, you come to a Bible study. If you want to know more how to live the life that God created for me, you come to Sunday school. You're in every service you can be in. Why? Because you're after knowledge. You're prioritizing knowledge. Why do you read your Bible every day? Because you're seeking that knowledge. You're seeking instruction. So that becomes wisdom, you prioritize it. The most important thing you do in, in your day is get knowledge. The most important thing you do in the week is come to the house of God, fellowship with God's people, and get knowledge. You, you, get, you have to see, you have to prioritize it. Well, I just, I just don't know that I have time. If you prioritize it, you'll have time. Number 10. Oh, by the way, that means getting counsel for people who've been down the road before. I'm not just talking about the pastor. There are older people at this church who have a lot of wisdom. You know, I, I mean, I'm not a young guy by any stretch. Younger than most of you, but, I, but I'll give you an illustration. When I sit in a deacon's meeting... Other than Brother Burns, and he looks older than me, but other than Brother Burns, everybody in there is older than me. They're, and in many cases, you know, older than me. You know what I do? When we have a meeting, I don't just say, here's the agenda, stamp it. I say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Rodney, are you talking about that again? We've already settled that. What, what, what do you think? What is it? Because I want their wisdom. Now, to their credit, they defer to the pastor as they should. But I'd be a fool to not sit in that room and reap the benefits of that wisdom. That's what a prudent man does. He seeks the knowledge because he wants it. You know, sometimes they say things that I don't necessarily agree with. They say things the way I would do things a little bit differently. But I don't discount all of the wisdom 
because they say something a little differently than I would say it or do something a little differently than I would do it. But I, I want that wisdom. Number 10. This is the last one. We read Proverbs 27, 12 to start with. Proverbs 22, 3 is the same verse. says the same thing. Proverbs 22, 3 and Proverbs 27, 12. I'm looking at 22, 3 right now. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on are punished. Prudent man discerns the danger and protects himself from it. That's number 10. The prudent man discerns the danger and protects himself from it. If I'm driving on the highway and there's signs that say, caution, that I probably should give some caution. I have driven down roads before to be like, caution, men working, construction area. When I got there, there's nobody there. But you know what would be foolish? Every time you get to one of those things, I've seen that sign before. Ha ha. I'm not slowing down. Oh, surprise. It would be foolish. The prudent man discerns the danger and protects himself from it. Now, well, I, I wish I could go more into this, but say, I'll, just, I'll just end it like this. How do you protect yourself? I'll refer you very quickly back to number one, number three, number five, number seven, and number nine. How do you protect yourself? You protect yourself from your emotions. You educate yourself before making decisions. You consider the credibility and the probability rather than the chatter. You esteem and respect strong correction. And, the, and you prioritize knowledge. That's how you protect yourself. There's discernment. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. And in case you didn't get that, you cannot go down to Walmart and buy discernment. You can't order a case of it on Amazon. You can't grow it in your backyard. Discernment comes from this right here. And experience of applying this. I've seen this one, two, three people I went to school with or people I knew or I've read this in Lot. We don't want to end up like Lot. But he was not very prudent when he pitched his tent towards Sodom. I can learn from that. Oh, we talked about Daniel two weeks ago and Job this last week, and we'll talk about Noah on Sunday, and I can see things, well, this is what they, I can get, I can, I can get wisdom from that and discernment from that. Oh, we, we need to be prudent, cautious. Sometimes God slows us down, and that's a good thing. We need counsel is not a bad thing. It's, we all, it's a good thing. It's something that God enables us to get wisdom and instruction for. You know, I, I and I'm parking on some of these things because I think this is good for all of us because I don't think we talk about prudence enough. enough. I've been your pastor for 10 years now. I've learned something in 10 years, but I haven't seen everything. Seen a lot. I haven't seen everything. Especially when you face something or you come across something or you deal with something, maybe it's a construction project, maybe whatever, or a situation in the church and the problem somebody may have, you're trying to help somebody with. You know, if you've never seen it before, what do you, well, I go to the Bible, I pray for wisdom, and then I call somebody who's pastored for 30 years. When you were pastoring, did you ever encounter this? Oh, yeah, Brother Neil, it's just boom, boom, boom. That's what I was thinking. You know, there has been a few times, have you ever encountered this? I have no idea what to tell you. It's like, oh, great. 
Um, somebody who's been down that road. Uh, don't be afraid to listen to other, to listen to people who, who God places in your life. I, I, I listen to, to many of you. I want to. I hear what, what you're. I see. I tap into your wisdom. Because, you know, I, I have something that I want to, and I'll let you stay in just a moment, about twenty minutes or so. I think it's better to learn from somebody else's mistakes than your own. Now, I've learned from my mistakes. And we've all learned from our mistakes. And if you make mistakes, learn from them. But God gives us a Bible so we can learn from other people's mistakes. I, I use that same illustration. I've called pastors who pastored much, much longer than me, and I've said, Did you ever? He says, Yeah, I handled it this way, and it was a mistake. That is gold. That is gold. Yeah, everybody's first child. I did all this with my first child. <laughs> Look at them. I learned all that, and now here comes the second child. And all, got, all the first children said amen to that. You, you, were the, you were the trial and error. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Let's, let's focus on God's wisdom. Let's be back in church on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, men's prayer breakfast. Men, sign up if you would so we can have food for you. And uh, it would be a prudent thing to be here uh, for the prayer breakfast. It would be a prudent thing to be in Sunday school and church on Sunday. Let's invite somebody else to be with us and look forward to what God has for us on the Lord's Day.